All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today, I've got probably the greatest MTV heel of all time, Johnny Bananas. That's right, this guy has been on 13 MTV reality competition shows, and he's won six of them, including the most recent season of MTV's challenge, Rivals 3, where he stabbed his partner, Sarah, right in the back and opted to cut her out of the big money winnings entirely. Wow. What a heel. I love it. What a move and what a response from the fans. We're going to find out what prompted Johnny's decision and what it's really like filming these shows and doing some of those crazy challenges. I'm not sure I could eat all the disgusting things that they have to do. Uh, lots of really bad stuff. I think there's some intestines involved and some really bad rotted fruit, and et cetera, et cetera. And was this the last competition show for the master of MTV uh, challenge shows, Johnny? Johnny Bananas will be back for another season of something on MTV. We're going to ask him that. But first, I got another question for all the wild people over here. If you checked out the new Team Tiger Awesome show on the Jericho Network at Podcast One, hmm? the first episode of their podcast came out on Sunday. You have to check it out. It's just as funny and as crazy as all their appearances on Talk is Jericho. It's called The Stank of the Olympics. We're talking about uh, all the good and bad of the Olympics. It was kind of a, similar to uh, last week's episode of Who's Hot and Who's Not, our all-hot team, where you had to pick three girls, uh, sorry, three guys, one girl, a cartoon character, a robot, and a high school chum. All right, who's hot and who's not? Team Tiger Awesome is very hot right now with their new show, the Team Tiger Awesome Show, only at the Jericho Network on Podcast One. It's the second podcast signed to the Jericho Network, and you should go check it out. Do yourself a favor. Subscribe to it on iTunes. There's a little bit of an issue with iTunes uh, not having the uh, content up, but it's all fixed now. Go subscribe on iTunes to the Team Tiger Awesome Show. Also, subscribe to Keeping It 100 with Conan, the runaway hit, the first uh, show on on the Jericho network lots of stuff and of course uh do it for talk is jericho as well do it for your mama and while you're there leave us all comments and five star ratings that you may have it is going to be a blast man these shows are killing it right now and i got johnny bananas also killing it one of the biggest heels in mtv history is coming up but first we're going to talk about one of the main reasons why i was able to have a great match at SummerSlam on sunday against enzo and Cass with kevin owens while i was able to have another great match uh, monday night on raw against roman reigns man i love working with that guy i went from the opening match at SummerSlam to the main event of raw and uh just doing it at all cylinders all cylinders thanks to ddp yoga let's be honest here i've been doing some heavy dieting down uh, 13 pounds in the last few weeks but also a lot of that has to do with ddp yoga uh, ddp yoga saved so many lives not just mine i'm talking jake the snake scott hall mick foley gold dust rich ward from fozzy even aj styles all of them have experienced the benefits of ddp yoga and now ddp is taking it to a whole nother level with the ddp yoga now app that's all i use these days the app has all the workouts which means i can do it right from my phone right don't leave those dvd leave the dvds behind man and the app has all sorts of cool features as well you can use it to track your heart rate and your calories you can use it for pain tracking measurements progress photos and if you're in the need for an extra little motivation you can access motivational messages from ddp himself and they are a pretty high uh, high tech high intensity he even hosts a gluten-free dairy-free cooking show, which you can view right on the app now. Uh, DDP Yoga Now app subscribers won't ever get bored doing the same workouts over and over again because DDP has added completely new 2.0 workouts and weekly live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And get this as well, for a limited time, you can get the DDP Yoga DVDs for 20% off. 
That's right. The DDP Yoga program for 20% off plus three full months of access to the DDP Yoga Now app by going to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's all you have to do to take advantage of this great deal. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and get 20% off the DDP Yoga program plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Come on. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your entire life today. Get in the best shape of your life physically and mentally. DDP is going to take you there. All right, before we get into Johnny Bananas, I just want to uh, give a quick note about what everyone's been talking about this week, the Finn Balor injury. Did you think I was going to say something else? Uh, Finn was on the show last week, obviously right before he got hurt, and I feel really bad uh, about that. He's a great guy, and he worked his ass off, as we all have, to get to that point. But what a debut he had on Raw on his birthday, and what a debut he had on his very first pay-per-view where he won the Universal Championship from Seth Rollins, but only to find out that he has a separated shoulder, or I believe it's a torn labrum, which is six months out. I will say this. Uh, Here's a great story for you. I'm going to share it with you. I was talking to Finn after uh, SummerSlam, maybe at Raw, no, sorry, at Raw the next night. And I was telling him how bad I felt for him and that if he needed anything, I'd be there. And uh, I just said, you know, just just work hard, man. When you come back, it's going to be, you know, be better than ever. He said, I got perspective. He went to Good Morning America and he said he was feeling bad for himself with his arm in a sling. And then looked over and the guy who was on before him on Good Morning America only had one arm. And he said, you know, put things in perspective, is not so, that's not so bad. And if you listen to, to uh, Finn on my show last week, you'll know he's a genuine, humble guy. And I'm legitimately pulling for him to get better and to come back and uh, kick some ass. You know, he's, he's, he's got it all. He didn't lose the title. He has this amazing new character that we don't know anything about. And then he goes out with six months of an injury. Same thing happened to Sami Zayn. Seth Rollins, it happened to him. It's it's amazing how many of the Cesaro. A lot of guys have been out for a long time. But when Finn comes back, hopefully... Hopefully for WrestleMania, he's going to be better than ever. So uh, good luck to Finn. Uh, great guy. And uh, we are pulling for you, my man. And we're also pulling for my other man, the greatest heel in MTV history, Johnny Bananas. And he's here right now. Okay. So I'm here with, uh, with with Johnny Bananas, who could be one of the most hated people in America right now uh, after winning uh, the challenge on MTV. And the funny thing is, so I watch the show because my niece is super into it. Oh, right? come on, bro. I know you're a fan. Don't, don't, throw, it on, yeah, don't exactly. throw it on your niece. But she's the one who got me into it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And we watched the finale last week. And, dude, my niece, my wife, my mother-in-law everybody just hates you I know. for the big decision, right? I know, I know. I, I get it, dude. Um, I mean, I've said this before. I mean, I it, it was a bold move, all right? It was a bold move, and uh, I knew I was going to be vilified for it, you know, mm-hmm. coming in. But there's there's a history there that a lot of people just just, just don't want to factor in, you mm-hmm. know? And, and well, I, Let's just set the tone. for So the, yeah. the, the, the end of the game yep. happens. Basically, basically for, for anyone who didn't watch um, – we we competed the game the game was called rivals for a reason mm-hmm. right obviously we came in with a checkered past and of all the teams there i said that we were the only team that was had a legitimate reason to be rivals everyone else was like oh this person got drunk one night and called you a bitch or you know it, mm-hmm. they were just ridiculous rivalries mine and sarah's was an actual rivalry because she had actually done me really dirty in 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 the last time we were on television together and she basically screwed me over after we had worked together an entire season um, and it was of all the challenges I've done and all the things I've dealt with, it was obvious. It was arguably the the you know one of the one of the coldest, most calculated moves that had ever taken place. And what exactly did she do? 
So, so let me just say this because you've yeah. done a whole lot of MTV yeah. shows. Like yep. You've won six of them, mm-hmm. but you've done 13, 10, 13 of yeah. them. So you, this is yeah. like your career is, is doing these yeah. shows. Yeah. Now, now do they, decade, yeah, man. Do they keep bringing back the same cast for every different they show? They do. There are some mainstays, um, but every season they have new guys on from okay. uh, from either past seasons new seasons of the real world or now they're casting from this dating show called Are You The One which, and, w- and what was your first your first MTV show my first MTV show was the real world okay. Key West gotcha yeah, which was in Florida right, yeah. right. Your, your home your right home down state. there exactly. Yeah, right, exactly right down the road okay um, so yeah so going back it, it was it, it was uh, it we we had come into the we had come into the game in an alliance me and her and, and this is X's this is, this is going back this is predating what happened on Rivals Basically worked together the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually knew Sarah outside of the game. I'm from Orange County here. She's from Long Beach. I mean, we're like, you know, right down the road from each other. Um, and we came into the game in an alliance. And the way that I work, the way that I operate, I get a, I get a bad rap for, for screwing people over in the past. When I, when I in the past have screwed people over, it's usually someone that I'm not, that I'm not friends with. That it, within the, the game, this rival, this alliance has started, and then we become, you know, friend. Which I don't really consider an alliance. All the only true alliances for me are ones that exist outside of the show as well. Okay. Friends who you have, who people who you are friends with outside the show, and I considered her a good friend. Mm-hmm. So when she had the opportunity then to either throw in this rookie team that didn't belong there, uh, or me, who was her friend of eight years, and she chose me. Um, I eventually ended up going to elimination and being sent home. So she was the reason why you got exactly. kicked off the show, basically. Exactly, yeah. and 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 the, you know basically cost me a, quite a quite a substantial amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, the distinction a lot of people want to draw was in that situation. Her and I weren't on the same team, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're competing as we're competing. We're on two separate teams and we're competing against each other. My thing is when I'm in a, an alliance with someone, we are a team. All right, you're my ride or die. I, if if it if it takes whatever it takes, we're going to the end together. Mm-hmm. All right, we're indivisible. Sure. Um. So that to me was and 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 listen, I did. I kind of I didn't I didn't take it the way I should have. I probably just should have looked at it the, the way that it was. You know, hey, you know what? It's a game. This is a game. I shouldn't get too emotionally invested in it, but I did. Um. But to that, her response always was, listen, you know. Uh, you know, I'm just playing the game. I, you know, I, if I don't put money before, you know, friendship, then what kind of competitor would I be? Used lines that I had in the past, like all's fair and love war and challenges to basically justify what she did. Mm-hmm. So after that happened, she had made this, you know, she grandstanded and said that she was going into retirement. She was going to move on with her life and get a real job and get married and all this stuff, which is great. But after that moment, I felt like that was when the the, the, the rules of engagement had been rewritten, right? Right. And any future challenges that we were on together, listen, that our, sure. our the nature of our of our alliance has 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 changed. So coming into this game, this is Rivals Three. Um, we hadn't spoken in two years. Okay, so Sarah and I had not spoken. Obviously, there was still some some un. You know, unresolved issues and tension there, like between her and I. It's like if you if you you know have someone like whatever in wrestling, some dude that whatever does you dirty, you don't see the guy for two years. There's still going to be, of course, if if you never hash it out, there's still going to be that unresolved yeah, you know, some tension animosity there. there. Exactly. Yeah. So coming to this show, that's where we were at. Um, to say that I came in and I still held a grudge, it wasn't the case. I, I really had gotten over what happened. Okay. Um, but from a storyline perspective, the way I looked at the show was, hey, we have to play this whole rivalry up. 
right? How much fun is it going to be or how entertaining is it going to be or why would people want to watch if we come in and it's like, oh, we're rivals, but we're best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if right out of the gate, it's like we get over it. So Because they put you together as a team. Exactly. Well so show, now yeah. we're competing as a team, which also kind of like bugged me because I'm like, man, if I ever saw this girl on another challenge, obviously she was going to be the first one that I was going to go after, right? Just, just to, you know, even the score. Yeah. But now that we're paired up, she's untouchable, right? She's my partner. There's nothing I can do. And not only can I not try and eliminate her, there's a possibility that if we see this thing through and go to the end, there's a possibility that I'm going to help her win more money. Right. Okay? Yeah. So that didn't sit right with me either. But with all did, that aside, Did you know when you got into Challenge uh, Rivals that, that she was going to be your partner? Yes. And we, I knew basically the day before we embarked on our journey to Mexico, mm-hmm. um, I, I had found out. And that was kind of, and I think production held that. They, they really wanted to keep that that close to close the because they were afraid that if I found out or whatever, maybe I might I might I might bail out. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, there was a, I, I was kind of going back and forth, like, man, can I? But with all the training, everything I put in, I was like, you know what, we're, we're gonna do it. I'm just gonna make the best of it. And you know what, the best thing I can do is go on and show America and show everyone that. I'm a bigger person. I'm not going to let mm-hmm. the past interfere with, you know, I'm still not going to be harping on what happened two years ago. But from a production standpoint, when I got there, I'm like, if we just come in and we're buddy, buddy, we're out of the gate. It, we're, we're missing a big opportunity with like creating a story. Some drama there. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play this thing up and I'm going to, I'm going to be an asshole right out of the gate. And I'm going to, you know, I don't know if you saw the one. It was like the first episode. I think second episode, we had this challenge where we had to hold our partner up with a rope on this apparatus. We're dangling over this cliff. And I just let her go. She's dangling over, and I just <laughs> let the rope go. You know. And what I just, did she do? Plummet? To yeah, the... just plummet it down, dude. Yeah. Onto a, a no, no. A... We're on a harness. Oh, okay, gotcha. Fell, I don't know, 30, 40 feet. <laughs> but still, it was like you know. Yeah. And so like, and then you know, obviously, like there was just times in the house where, and because I wanted to show like a progression of our relationship, I wanted to be like we start off in in dire straits, we hate each other. Uh, you know, throughout the show, we kind of start working better together, and then. We just start killing the challenges, and then we ride off into the sunset together. Mm-hmm. Win the final. Everyone's happy. This, this broken friendship has been mended. And I just thought from like a story standpoint, I would have a great arc, and it would be great for television. Mm-hmm. And it was up until TJ, at the end of the game, now throws this friggin' curveball our way and is like, all right, guys, you're coming in as rivals for a reason. You're basically competing against your partner now. Wow. So, so the last challenge, yeah, the was, final challenge coming in, yeah, was you against each other. Exactly. Well, right. we were and we weren't. You basically had the option. So, what usually the way it works is once you make it to a final, whether you're in a team, individual pair, whatever, that's who you're going with, and that's who you're going to be sharing the money with. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, the winning team gets two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. That's not each. That's to split. Yeah. And that's how it was coming into this. But what they had never done before was then in the final give you the option to either keep the money yourself or split it. So, <laughs> and, and what's funny about it is if you – body lang- I'm, I'm big with body language, right? I, I really am. Like, so when we got to this final and TJ makes that announcement, that you, if, you, if you rewatch, there's the three teams standing there. Vincent, my, who's my cousin, and Jenna, Devin and Cheyenne. When TJ drops this bomb, they both those two teams have the exact same rea- reaction, which is, "Holy shit, what a what a twist!" <laughs> but you know, it, you could tell that it was like kind of like that's not a path we we're gonna go down. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" But never in a million years in in their mind were they thinking, 
holy shit, I'm going to do this. You look at Sarah and, and me, if you look at our reaction, it's identical. We both literally just like stare at the ground and, and you could just see this look of just like, um, I, mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I know what it felt like, but it's really difficult to describe. We're both sitting there. And I think instead of that thought, which went through their head, which is, that's amazing. But we couldn't do it. Ours was, holy shit, this is great. How am I going to do this? Yeah, yeah. You know? It's the perfect opportunity. Yeah. And, 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 just, and regardless of what anyone else wants <laughs> to say, okay, had Sarah, been in the oppor- had Sarah been in the position I was in, she would have done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, she wouldn't have. She would have. And, and, and if history is any benchmark, <laughs> she's already done right, it. Right. So who's to say that now when the, when the stakes are even higher, the money's even more, our relationship is even more fractured than it was then, that she's not going to do it now. Mm-hmm. And, that's another, and that was another thing a lot of people said is, oh, but you guys became such good friends. You buried it all. Listen, we buried it on television, mm-hmm. okay? You know, because you're in the you're in the entertainment industry too. What you see on television, uh, it's not necessarily real. Exactly. You know, right. reality television is like a misnomer because a lot of the things you see on on reality television isn't actually real. So a lot of that mending our friendship and stuff, it it did. There was a, there was a lot of it that was like, you know what? I don't despise you the way that I used to, and I do remember why we were friends. But at the end of the day there still is this imbalance in our relationship, you know? And my thing was like, listen, you took, you took a large chunk of money from me. Now, if I take it back, we've, we've buried everything else. We're good. Yeah. The only imbalance we still have is this 125 grand that's still hanging over our heads. I take this back from you. Then we're square. Yeah. Right. Right. So that was the, that was my thought process. She's going to, if she gets the chance, she's going to do it to me. And you know what? If I do it back to her, it's not going to be dirty because then we're just going to we're just going to be even. What know? was the last challenge that you were against each other with? In in X's or in this one? In, the, in, in this one, we're, we're to, to to decide who gets to either so, keep the money or split it. So the way so the way it was set up was within the final there are mul- multiple tasks or checkpoints. Each checkpoint we did, th- this is how it worked out. This is how you were able to either keep it or split it. Every checkpoint you came to, there was two identical tasks for you and your partner. For all three teams, right? Mm-hmm. Whichever between you and your partner finished the, it, the task first, accumulated a point. But then it was still a time trial. So then you and your partner had to still finish um, combined before the other two teams did. Got it. That's what then determined first, second, and third place. Mm-hmm. So um, the first day, after the first day, there was, I believe, four checkpoints. We went into that night tied 2-2. Two, two. Hmm. And another, and this is another thing that 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 was really that that just solidified this thought of her basically doing the going to do this money grab at the end was every time we had a checkpoint, every time you know one, you know there was a there was a point accumulated. She was asking me, "What are you going to do? You're not going to take the money, right? Please don't. You're not going to do this. <laughs> you know, you have one point, and I have one point." And she was so consumed with the idea of me screwing her over and these, these points. All I could think of was that the only re- the only a person with a guilty conscience would be this concerned. If you weren't concerned with it and you thought everything was good, you would there wouldn't even be a thought in your head. Mm-hmm. You would we would have brought it up once. I would have been like Sarah, focus on the game. We're in this together, and that would be it. But the fact that you're bringing it up every five minutes. Really calls really makes me question what your intentions are at the end of this and what your decision is going to be. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that just further solidified this thought that I already had that, listen, she's done it once. She's going to do it again. 
So then my goal after, or my only response to that was just deflect. Every time she'd say it, I'd just deflect, deflect, deflect. You know what I mean? I never gave her a concrete answer. I was never like 1000% we're splitting it. I was just like, stop focusing on that. All we need to do is worry about the other teams. Um, was there ever a time when you thought maybe I'll split it with her or was the whole time? There was. I mean, it, 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 it was what I had to do. Okay. Here's the deal. Had, had exes never happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Had what she did to me never happened. Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Okay. There's no way I would, a 1000% I would not, I wouldn't have taken the money. Not because I wouldn't have wanted to, I couldn't have. Okay. You would have split it with her. I would have split yeah. it. I would have split it because the the way that I am, I, f- I really do feel, despite what I get in public, I really do feel like, like I'm a loyal person. Mm-hmm. You know what I did? And, and I really did value our friendship outside of the show. And Sarah always was like a, you know, she, just her personality. She was not, she's not a, she, she's not by nature, a dirty player, right? That's what she, I think, became. Mm-hmm. And that's what then she had to try and, you know, justify doing what she did. But there's no way I would have split it. So, I mean, there's no way. You wouldn't have split it. Wouldn't have split it. So when, when, so when we found out about this plot twist, and, and it really was, I was, I really was going back and forth. And like I said before, I was like, I felt like Goofy in one of the old school Disney cartoons <laughs> where I had like the, the good, the, the devil and the angel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one, one minute's the, the good guy's chirping in this year. And the next minute it's like, nah, I don't listen to him. He's an idiot. Do this. Mm-hmm. And that's l- literally how I felt. And I was going back and forth until. The night challenge it would do, we had to basically stay up all night. And that was when, um, obviously, we we're standing on a stump all night, had a lot of time to think. Yeah. What, what, what I really thought about was, all right, my cousin is here, right? My best friend Leroy w- was here. There's no way I could have done this. There's no way. If I had this option, I would do it to either one of them. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, my cousin's family. Yeah. And because Leroy is as close to family as it gets. I mean, we have a legitimate friendship outside the show. We talk every day, you know? We hang out. I love this guy to death. If I was to make a move like that with one of them, it would have resounding effects on my relationships outside. It would affect my life outside mm-hmm. of the show. With Sarah, I was I thought about it, and I'm like... Yeah, we've rekindled this relationship, but outside of the show, what is it going to actually affect? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about it. I was like, nothing, right? Like, we're not going to talk. Once we get home, we're not going to talk. Right. We're not going to write Christmas cards with each other on recycled paper, you know? Like, <laughs> And I thought about it, and I was just like, is this friendship that we've recreated or, or, or fixed on television worth $137,000? And once I had, once that I had that thought in my head, I was like, no. Now, how do I pull this off and actually, like, be okay with it? And all I had to do then was just kind of remember what she had done to me mm-hmm. and how it had already happened and how, you know what? Like I said when, when I gave my speech at the end, I don't know how many of these I got left in me, all right? I, when I was in my early 20s, I, it was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to – the sky's the limit. I'm going to do this to the cows come home. I'm 34 now, right? And, and I – the, the game just has a different effect physically, mentally that it, than it did before. And I, got, I have to put in twice the work to get out the same amount of, right. of, of sure. output that I used to be able to, to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around and I'm just like, you know what? 
a lot of people are like, oh, that's not life-changing money. Well, if invested the right way, it most certainly is. If I can buy a house with it, if oh, I yeah. can invest, and, and, and if it can and if it can do anything to have a positive impact on my future, then yeah, that's that, I'd call that life-changing. Sure. You know? I, I think $135,000 yeah. is pretty life-changing. Yeah, well, you and know? multiply I mean, by two. I mean, it's two seventy-five. dollars which is I'm the saying. largest. Yeah, which is the largest pot ever given away at the end. Sure, I was going to say, if you yeah. split it yeah. or if you kept it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So once, once I thought about all that, and then the, the last thought I had in my head was, and the only thing I really was worried about is like, what is my mom going to think about this? <laughs> Always the watermark. What is yeah. my mom? How is my mom going to feel about this? Because she, you know, she has friends who are huge fans of the show. Um, in the office, they call her Mama Bananas. You know, and I was <laughs> like, man, how is my mom going to feel about this? So. I was willing to just be like, you know what? I have faith. I think my mom knows my my, my best intentions. So uh, yeah. So TJ, then um, we all show up to the to the final. I'd already had my decision made. Nobody knew. I hadn't told a soul. I, my cousin didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I told my cousin everything because there's no way I wanted it to in any way, shape, or form get back to her, right? Because she was asking every, what do you think he's gonna do? What she asked my cousin on the way down the mountain, what do you think he's gonna do? And he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think he's going he's gonna to split it, right? Because we didn't know where the points were at. And they did that on purpose, right? They didn't tell us. Hey, so man, you didn't know if you won or yeah. no clue. So we show up then. TJ makes the announcement. Um, the other two teams, which I don't know if this made my decision better or worse, both of them split it, okay? And they both had these, you know, explanations as to why. And what kind of money was that? 50 what, grand? Or? So, uh, so, yeah, so set, so... It was twenty five grand right. for third place split, so it was twelve five, twelve yeah. five, and then fifty grand split, right. was twenty five each. So those two split it. Then it comes to me, and what was funny is right before I made the decision, Sarah was like, "Listen, bananas, if you want to like, kind of get the audience leaning one way and kind of make believe like you're gonna take all the money," she goes, "You should, you, I'll be okay with that. Like, you, you should do that just to like make it, you know, just to like make it more dramatic." Sure, yeah, yeah. And I'm like. All right, All right, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to take it one step further yeah. and I'm actually going to take the money. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so he, and, and I said this before, I almost, it was almost when I, because it wasn't, you got to realize there's the six of us, then there's TJ, but behind TJ, there's another 70 people, mm-hmm. production, directors, cameramen, cast, uh, 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 uh producers, storyline people. I mean, sound guys, grit. I mean, there's a whole, so and every single one of them after it was like all eyeballs were on me, dude. Okay. And it literally was of all the times that I've had to whatever, give a sp- it, it was like, I, I almost felt like I had like this out of body experience. Mm-hmm. Dude. We're like, well, I'm talking, I'm looking off into the mountains because we're on top of this mountain. I'm looking off in the mountains. And I, it was almost like the words that were coming out of my mouth. Like I, they weren't even, I like had like this like Will Ferrell old school blackout <laughs> moment. Where, like it wasn't even coming out of my mouth, dude. It was just like, I'm just talking. And it's like, am I really going to do this? And as soon as I said, I'm going to take the money and run, this just collective just uh, look of absolute astonishment <laughs> was j- just took over the entire the entire production crew. And TJ, too. I actually felt pretty bad. Just the look that TJ gave me was like the look of like a, a disappointed father. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then obviously Sarah, you know, just collapses on the ground into, mm-hmm. into, into, a, into a pile. And that obviously made things look a lot more dramatic. And yeah, in the moment, it was, uh, I, I've never, I, I'll tell you this, I don't think I've ever felt so alone in my entire life. Wow. Right? And I look over, and my cousin's the only one that, that literally looked over and kind of gave me like the wink, the little head nod and the wink. Um, so that made me feel good. But everyone else, dude, you know, even people on production where it was like, wait a minute, you guys created this plot twist. Yeah, you sure. want it. How big of a missed opportunity would it have been if you guys threw this crazy plot twist out there? 
right? And and it would have been the the the, the perfect book ending to this, you know, dysfunctional relationship Sarah and I have had. Then you guys are disappointed that I did it. Like, mm. I mean, come on, dude. Like, let's be real. And I and I really felt like they were like, all right, when they put when they when they threw that twist out there, they were like, all right, we know this guy's capable of doing some heartless shit like this, but we didn't think he actually would go through with it. And I think that was what was going through a lot of their heads. <laughs> um, and I also think part of them were hoping that Sarah won because mm-hmm. I think it would have made equally as good of television had she done the exact same again. Done what I did. She gets you again, yeah. yeah. So what was the overall response? Like you mentioned the pretty, like what were fans thinking and people on the street? So the initial, I mean, like the, the initial just outpouring of, of, um, of the, the initial like reaction was just so negative, dude. Hatred. I was, and I was, and I brought a lot of it on myself just with what I posted on social media, but it was, what did you say? You said, so I posted, yeah, I guess I posted, yeah, I posted a picture with, 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 you know, stacks of cash over my ears. And I was like, yo, haters, I can't hear you. I got money coming out of my ears. <laughs> and the reason why is because, you know what? I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had, to, you know, I was preparing for it mentally. And there was a few different ways I could have gone about dealing with it, right? I could have went dark. I could have went total radio silent on friggin' social media. Sh- shut off my phone for a week. You know, went on vacation, blocked, set my accounts to private. Yeah. That way I just didn't have to hear about it. I had another thought where I was like, you know what? I want to do like, you know, I want some really banger shots to post. I'm going to do this photo shoot. Maybe I could find like a, like a, you know, place that has like baby kittens or puppies or something like that and do a picture. I'm just covered in like ba- in baby animals, dude. Just to maybe get like the sympathy. Uh, maybe people will be sympathetic towards me. A basket full of puppies right? will help you. But that yeah. was, and that was the good angel we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But then that little devil was like, man, you know what, dude? You're going to be vilified either way. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could, there's no way that you go through this without taking, without taking a hit. So just own it. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was what I eventually did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be vilified no matter what I do. Take it on the chin, dude. And maybe what I can do is by posting this, letting people know that I'm expecting the hate and I'm actually welcoming it. Maybe it might, you know, take the take take some of the 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 wind out of their sails. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah. So initially, the 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 response was was extremely negative. Dude. Angry. I mean, people <laughs> were going were going in hard, dude. I don't think I've ever been called a piece of shit. <laughs> More times in my entire life, right? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the word karma brought up more. I'm thinking, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know how many fucking Buddhists were on Twitter, dude. And all of a sudden, everyone believes in karma, you know? <laughs> and uh, the one that really did bother me, though, there, there was one. This girl said, I hope you're the next cast member that dies. Wow. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, all right, let's be real, dude. I mean, we, we tragically lost two cast members very recently, mm-hmm. um, Knight and Diem. And now what you're doing is is, is you're taking this – you're taking this to a level it doesn't need to be brought to. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, not, now we're now we're talking about death. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're, not only is that is that you know an insult to me, but now you're also insulting you know two cast members who who tragically right. passed away. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And it's like people I think get way too invested in the show and they forget that what they're watching mm-hmm. is television, right? And it's like, and again, you could relate to this, dude. Where there's probably people you've had oh, in the yeah. past that hate you, and it's like attacked on the street. This is just this is me. This is mm. this is like. This what what you're seeing is a caricature of right. who I am. You're seeing an edited version. Okay, I've always said on, on reality TV, believe half of what you hear and none of what you see. Hmm. Okay, because that because they could do a they could clip things together to make people look you know sure like of course not. right right. Um, so yeah, but but then after 
it, it was just amazing how, you know, that happened. That was the initial response. The one thing I did is I'm like, you know, I'm not going to hide, dude. I stayed up on Twitter the, the night of the final until 3 a.m. responding to every single negative comment. Every single one. Hmm. But not in a negative way. Yeah. I, was, I was just turning it around. Like, people were saying stuff and I'd respond in, like, in a way that was showing them, like, you know, I, I was making fun of myself. Mm-hmm. Self-deprecation is, like, if someone makes fun of you and then you're like, yeah, you're right, you make fun of yourself, it's like... Great that deflection. insult goes nowhere. Yeah. So I did that, dude. And I did that. I mean, like I said, I must have responded to over a thousand tweets mm. in just that night. And then uh, the next day, it was still pretty bad. But then by like Friday, I posted another picture, which was e- even more <laughs> even more uh, out there than the first one I did, where instead of having the cash over my ears, I was holding over my dick and I was ass naked. <laughs> um, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to rub it. I'm going to show people that, hey, you know what? I'm st- you think you think that was bad? Well, I got something. For, you know, I got something. <laughs> yeah, something even worse. Yeah, you, you know, be patient, haters. There's more where that came from. <laughs> By then, though, there was still obviously a lot of hate. People started saying what I started getting a lot of was, you know what? After initially, what I thought you did was shitty, but after a day or two of mulling it over, yeah. and letting it all letting letting the dust settle, really thinking about it, you did the right thing. You know? Well, to me, it, it, you know, and I said this to, to my, my niece, like I said, it's like it's a game. Like yeah. you said, you're playing a game yep. and you won the game. Mm-hmm. So if people are angry at you, they shouldn't be angry that much because you just won the game. I agree. You know, and yeah. especially when you were kind of, you know, just repaying back the, the, the wrong that was done to you before. But people got so mad and so excited and so much press from, from this decision. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> going back to what you said about being a game, I didn't – I didn't create this plot twist. Mm-hmm. You want to be mad at someone, be pissed off at production. Right, I didn't yeah, create yeah. this plot twist. And like you said, it, it is a game. But what I think is so funny is there were so many people who initially and still are mad, and most of them obviously are diehard, the diehard uh, Sarah supporters, want to draw a distinction between what happened with us in X's and, and what happened in Rivals. And they're like, well, you know, it, you know, you guys weren't a team, blah, blah, blah. And Sarah was the one that preached about it being just a game. Can I, can I play something? had that on speed dial <laughs> i didn't well, i had it i i saw someone sent me that the other day and i'm like this is gold <laughs> i didn't come to win anyone else money but me right i mean that that that's what i call a mic drop moment right there dude. okay <laughs> yeah, sure and 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 that's the thing is and everyone when, when she did that in x's she was praised mm. oh my god you got him you out strategized him it's a game get over it bananas it's a game so it's a game when she did it but then when i do something very similar arguably a very similar move it's no longer a game now now we're now we've crossed into the realm of reality yeah. now you've ruined the world right? right and that's what i'm saying is it's like so so what i don't get the logic or you know i guess there isn't a whole lot of logic in social media yeah, the social true. media logic or lack thereof is well sometimes a game is a game but sometimes a game is reality <laughs> yeah and it's up to them to decide when that is. When it's me involved, it's reality. Mm-hmm. When it's me making the move, which, and I've said this before, you take me out of this equation, same scenario. You're, you're a team at the end. You're splitting the money. You take me out of the equation and you just plug in 
some random other cast member, nobody has an issue with it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has an issue with it. It's because it's me. You mentioned before that you are you know, getting older and you said the training that you have to do. When you're going to do one of these shows, what kind of training do you do? Like, Do you know kind of what you're going to be getting into throughout the course of the season? The same challenges are never repeated. Mm-hmm. But there are certain um, aspects that go into the challenge a lot of times. It's a lot, a lot, a lot based on endurance, based on agility, based on functional strength, which a lot of people – it's like you could, you could sit on a bench and, 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 and lift you know, and, and do bench presses all day long. But that same guy can do five pull-ups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like being able to – have functional strength to me is 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 the most important part of these of being able to just manipulate your own body weight so my training regimen obviously over the years has progressed and it's changed not necessarily just because of the game because i just the whole heavy lift like i used to i used to be like you know i want to come on i want to be thick i want to like you know oh yeah if we're in a you know head banging you know man in the sand type thing i want to be able to hold my own but what i've realized is is the the instances where you're going to find yourself in that where it's a straight brute strength you know physical strength uh, elimination or challenge those are very rare what we do a lot is you're dangling from this apparatus you got to hold on to a rope you got to swing like tarzan over to here you got to pull yourself up you got to jump over this you got to you know so so it's so the more like i do like a lot of like say, like like plyometrics mm-hmm type type drills um a lot of workouts that i do i've gotten from you know the whole the crossfit world yeah i don't do all the olympic lifting and stuff just because that's not my body i mean where i'm at now my body's just not cut out for that type of stuff but i love the high intensity type circuit training you know because that's I, what you're going to be using more exactly. for these challenges that you're the, doing and, and that's the thing is these challenges you need strength but also the endurance aspect and the the, the, the being limber and nimble and the, the agility mm-hmm. aspect is is just as important. What were some of the hardest challenges that you faced over the years? So, the most difficult challenge that we've that we've ever done um, was on the first rivals, the first rivals that we did. Um, it was uh, in Argentina. It was the final challenge, and it was. TJ always says before the final, he goes, he goes, this is the hardest final I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> and it's always like, okay, TJ, whatever. It was a 23 mile. It was a friggin' just battle of just straight attrition. And it, it what, what's changed over the years and challenges is just for um, visual purposes, the finals aren't always just a straight shot. You start at point A, you end at point B. It's like you start at point A, you do this sec- segment. We're going to relocate you to another segment. Then you start over. Okay. We're going to relocate you to another segment. So there's rest periods in between. This one was you're starting at this lake. You're going to kayak eight miles to the other side. Then you're going to run a mile or two, pick up a 50-pound cement block Ooh. on a ball a ball and chain, which now you have to carry with you for the rest of the friggin' challenge. You're going to come up to this mound of sand, put it into a wheelbarrow. You're going to take 70 trips up and down this path, dump the, the, the sand into a box. Then you're going to go try and solve a puzzle. If you don't solve that puzzle, you're going to have to come back and take all that sand, that you just the, the 70 trips of, of, of shoveling, and move it all back to the beginning. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Run back, figure out the, 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 the puzzle. Then you're going to grab that 50-pound cinder ball that you've been holding. You're going to trek up this mountain, which is, I don't know, a four 5,000-foot summit. Then once you get there, you're going to eat an entire p- table full of food. Then you're going to hike some more. Then we're not going to let you sleep after this day of misery. You're going to have to stand up on a rock the entire night. Yeah. And Who then, can do that? Dude, th- listen – 
if I had to do that, if, if, if they came at me again with that final and I knew, I'd be like, you know what? I'm tapping out right now. And you're not exaggerating. That's literally what you had to do. And that wasn't even the subscribed. end. That wasn't even the end. That was that was the first day. We started at 7 a.m. Okay, in the morning, 7 a.m. We didn't end until 9.30 at night. Okay? Gosh. Then it was, you're going to stand on this friggin' log all night long. So in, in addition to this grueling day that we had, you're now not sleeping. And that was the first time they've introduced sleep deprivation into a challenge. And that's the first time we had a two-day challenge. Then it was the next the next day. We're not going to feed you. Here's a granola bar and a banana. Do you see this other mountain? Now you're going to scale this thing. So, and then that was like the technical climbing aspect because I mean, it was, I mean, it was straight up. This thing hmm. was straight up. And it was like, have you ever heard of like the false, the false summit where you think you see the top and you get to it and there's another one behind right. it. There's another one behind it. I mean, that's how it went. And it was just another, you know, four or so five are, hours. Are you, are you learning how to, how to climb a, a, a wall? Or? No. You just have to figure no, it out. You just got to kind of, yeah, you just got to kind of figure it out, dude. I mean, it's it, like I said, I mean, I've done, I've done enough of these to know that it's climbing's never been, been, been an issue with me though. You know, I've always been really good at not just climbing, but like a lot of people get injured on these challenges with the heights over water challenges. Okay. I'm like a cat. No matter how I fall, I'm always going to fall on my feet. Hmm. And some people don't have that ability. Some people will fall from these things and land in the most awkward, like uncomfortable back or whatever, their yeah. back, their stomach, their face. Um, so I just kind of have, I feel like, an, just a natural, you know, ability to just kind of, you know, I don't know, manipulate my body in the way to to to, to take the least amount of punishment that it do can. Do people get injured on those, or oh, just yeah. pass out from exhaustion or That's dehydration? That's happened. Um, uh, this dude Tony, uh, two uh, two seasons ago, ruptured his spleen, Oof. almost died. He, he um, we were in Turkey, um, fell off, you know, this apparatus, hit the water really Oof. hard. He's a big dude too. Hit the water really hard. I uh, was complaining about back pains. Went to the hospital that night for observation. They didn't find anything wrong. Let him go. Because they just did, I guess they did an x-ray. They didn't check his internal organs. They just mm-hmm. checked his, his, to make sure his back was, you know, whatever. He's there for that day. Starts getting, fell ill that night. Turned green. Went to the hospital. And they found that his spleen had ruptured. Oh and gosh. he was basically bleeding out. They said that he lost another pint of blood. He could have, he could have passed died, away. Right. And we're in Turkey, dude. So it's not like America where they, I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, they kind of did a Frankenstein job on his stomach, dude. He still got the scar, but it's like, hey, man, at least, at least you're alive. You That's know, the thing, you're in all these really strange locations. Yeah, and yeah. If you get hurt, you're not exactly next to no, the hospital. No, I mean, there's been, and there's been, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people have gotten stitches. Concussions are really common. Um, you know, uh, my my buddy Leroy uh, injured his back really bad last season. Had to be you know taken out. Um, have you ever had an injury? No, oh, not okay. not like that. Nothing like that. I've been injured, but. You know, one of them was in a an elimination where we had to base. It was called the T bone. It was the most vicious elimination I've ever been in. It was with a CT, obviously the fan favorite. Um, and we basically had to. It, it, it was a picture like a half pipe dug into the ground, intersecting with another half pipe. Right, so mm-hmm. it's like two intersecting half pipes. And so they're dug into the ground. So you're basically starting at the top, running full speed down where these two half pipes intersect, and there's these big there's walls. So you're running blind, full speed through this intersection. Now you're run, running one direction, and then you got the other dude running the other direction. No, and full speed, man. So that's insane. It's insane. It really is. And it's like, this is one of those things where it's like it's one thing if you're running full speed head on into someone because you can at least brace for the impact. Yeah. With this, you're blind, dude. And dude. And I mean. I'm running blind with the, you know, the friggin' the Incredible Hulk over here coming the other direction. Um, I got I got laid out, you know, clean on that one, and ever and it it, it tweaked my back pretty good. Um, 
I, I had a pre-existing uh, back injury though, mm-hmm. so that kind of re-aggravated that. Uh, two seasons ago, I separated, I, I fractured a rib and I separated my ribs from my sternum in a elimination round that we did, um, which which was, I'll tell you what, I've had a, I've had some pretty substantial injuries in my life. Tearing rib cartilage oh. is is dude. There's nothing agonizing. It everything hurts. Everything hurts because you can't even move, can't, twist, breathe, can't sleep. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to get up to go to the bathroom at night. You can't roll over in bed. You can't. Yeah, breathing hurts. I'd have to brace my every time I'd sneeze. I literally had to like oh, brace yeah. myself. You know. Um, How did you do that? In an elimination round, actually, the elimination round in X's that Sarah sent me into. Uh, it was called uh, X Battle, and it was me and Leroy. And basically, what it was is it was a it was a, a a cross. It was a steel cross, and you had to hold on to the handles, and the other guy didn't. You basically just had to try and wrestle it out of the dude's hand. And at one point, we had fallen down, and I fell on top of there's like these balls on the end, and I fell down on top of one of the balls, and then and I felt it then. I felt it, you know, I felt something, you know, pop. And then as we were on the ground, just wrenching around, just trying to use your, you know, core to try and like wrestle this thing out, I felt a pop. Oh, yeah. And then it was after that, you know, we're, we're laying there on the ground and I had absolutely no, you know, r- rotation whatsoever. I couldn't. It was just so excruciating. Hmm. So that was another reason I was so pissed. It's like, all right, sir, not only did I, did I get sent in this elimination, <laughs> yeah. now I'm getting injured. You know? right. God only knows how long this is going to take to recover. See, from. I don't think people realize just, A, how much of an athlete you have to be to do this and the danger behind it. Like, I didn't even realize it from, from you telling yeah. me all these stories. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of respect there from what yeah. you do, you know? There, and, and the reason, I think another the reason why, you know, I think it deserves a little more credit is, I mean, I grew up playing sports, right? And I mm. grew up, you know, no matter what sport you play, whether it's football or curling, right? You know, even though you don't necessarily know the opponent you're going to face, you know, the X's and the O's are always the same. Yeah. You know the rules you're of the game. You're always playing the same game. Right. What makes this so difficult is on a daily, from day to day, you have no idea what, it, you have no idea what's behind door number two. Mm-hmm. So you show up to this thing and you just see like some apparatus. You don't know what to prepare for. You don't know what to train for. You don't know if tomorrow's going to be trivia or if tomorrow's going to be jumping out of an airplane or if tomorrow's going to be, you know, taking your clothes off. Like you, you just don't know. Every day, every day is different. And that's what makes it, there, that's what makes it so difficult is, you have to constantly just be adapting. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest quotes that I've, that I've ever heard that I've actually used, and I think this applies to me and why I've been so successful at the challenges is I'm not the strongest guy and I'm not the smartest guy, right? But I have a unique ability to adapt. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part with these challenges is there are some people who just get this game plan in their head and they show up thinking it's going to be one way. And, you know, then a plot twist comes in or a curveball gets thrown their way. The entire game changes and it's like they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I've always been able – I'm like – I feel like I'm like a chameleon. You know, I, I have the ability to to adapt to new environments and an and, and ever-changing landscape of circumstances. And I think that's kind of what screwed Sarah so bad in this final was – she had just had it totally set in her head that we were going into a final, we were going to compete together, we were going to win, our friendships, you know, yeah. totally mended. As soon as TJ threw that curveball at her, I really do think that that shook her to the core. And she did not know then how to change up her game plan, mm-hmm. her mindset, shift into yeah. a different gear, and, and, and begin pe- competing in a different way. Mm-hmm. Second he told me that, I did have a moment of like, holy shit, who just pulled the carpet on from my feet? Let me Let me... Re, you know, recoup from this, but I immediately started, you know, switching up my game plan and being like, 
You know, it's almost like in like in like the military, in like special forces or whatever. It's like there's always a plan B and C. Yeah. yeah. You never go in with plan A yeah. and just bank on that. Yeah. You always have to know where the exits are at. That's why mm-hmm. you go and you scope out. You're going to rob a bank. It's like you don't go into a bank you've never been in before. You go and you case the joint. Case dude, out, here's right. the exits. This is where the security's at. It's like you have to kind of have a good idea of like – you know what you're gonna you have to have fallback plans you know what i mean and if you don't you know was uh one of the challenges or some of the challenges sometimes eating strange yes. things and, yes. and tell me about some of that one of my weaknesses my friend i mean I, there's it's horrible dude i mean <laughs> as if it, the thing about especially whether it's in the challenge or whether it's in the final you know nerves obviously play play a big part and when and when i'm like nervous or when i'm like it's like you have no appetite it's the last thing you want to do is eat mm-hmm. not only do you not want to eat you don't want to eat disgusting shit <laughs> and the stuff that they've that they've forced us to eat in the past has just been has just been i mean horrible um the worst was in thailand and i don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, the fruit called durian Mm-mm. look it up dude <laughs> to give you an idea of how just horrendous this this food is it's a fruit actually believe it or not have you ever seen the show uh, Weird Foods with that guy Andrew Zimmer? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this guy will like literally eat like a goat's asshole, dude, right? And love it. Okay? There's one thing that this guy has always refused to eat, and it's durian. Okay? It's called – they also call it cadaver fruit. It's in like uh, – we had it in Thailand, but it's in like you know Asia. It's really big. They have it in Hawaii. It's like a tropical uh, type fruit. There's even signs when you're at the airport, okay, before you board your plane. And there's a the placard, and it's like no handguns, no bombs, no knives, and then under that in a big circle is no durian. Okay, mm. so it's like that's like right up there. We don't want you blowing this plane up, okay? Because this shit is so. It's the most putrid smelling thing you've ever smelled, and it's one of those few times that like. I've never smelled a dead body before, but people say if you've ever smelled a dead body, it's something you never forget. Yeah. Like I've heard detectives on like these shows. They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Once you smell it, you'll never forget it. Durian's the same way. The first time we were in Thailand, we had to eat it, and it traumatized me. And then the second time we went back to Thailand in the final, we're running to the checkpoint, and I'm literally like 100 yards away from it, dude. And all of a sudden, I catch this whiff, and I hadn't smelled it since five years ago. And I was just like – no. Oh my god, dude! Sh- <laughs> walk in there, and it's just like bam. what does what does it look like? It's like a weird, like a well. Before it's cut open, it's just like a big spiky ball. It almost looks like a round pineapple. Okay, right? But but it's not. But that the, it's once you cut it open and you unleash the friggin' fury that's inside <laughs> of it is when it's bad. And it's considered a delicacy in in in, in, in Asia, but it's meant to be served cold. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't know if you've ever been to Thailand, but yeah. it is hot and humid yeah. and disgusting. This shit had been sitting out in the sun now for two, three hours. Oh. Buddy, there was like flies all over. And that wasn't even the first we had to eat. First, we had to eat a bowl of bugs. Then we had to eat- Live or dead? Dead. Oh. Dead bugs. Then we had to drink, uh, it was two liters of basically putrefied fish remains. Gosh, right. dude. That- yeah. Yeah. How can you do that? You, you, you can't. It, that's why. It's like it, it's almost like one of these things where you – you. I have a hard time taking a multivitamin sometimes, okay? <laughs> like I've got a gag reflex like that. Right. Like I gag if I'm taking a shot of tequila. <laughs> yeah. Now here I am. I'm going to drink two liters of you know yeah. fish guts. Um, and then after that, it was the durian. And then after the durian, we had to eat um, fermented cuttlefish, which is like squid. Yeah. Um, it took two, two and a half hours to finish all this. And it was two hours of just – straight projectile vomiting dude like i mean it was See. and that's and that's the challenge is it's like people think that the, you know when you think oh the challenge it's this physical 
it's as big physical, which it is. There's a lot of physicality, mm. but the, the 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 biggest part about these challenges is the mental game mm-hmm. and just being able to mind over matter. And and it's and it's that you know you have to just you know you just have to you have to push through it with the eating with the I hate heights, but you know what? They throw me up on top of a sixty story building. And I'm looking down at, at, at the ground. I mean, I'm looking death in the eye. And it's like, all right, now Tarzan across these these beams and get to the other side and that sort of shit. And it's stuff that you never get used to. It's just almost like something where it's like you just kind of have to, mm-hmm. you know, just, just kind of. If you're doing, like you said, like the that. Tarzan thing, like they have you like on a, on, a, on a pulley or something or in case you fall. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not going to yeah. fall to your death nah, on one nah, of nah. these things, right? Yeah, You're not. But at the same time, it's like. You never know. You never know, dude. Right. I mean, we're in a we're in a foreign country, right? We're dangling up. I mean, I want to. I want the inspector to come. I want to make sure he <laughs> yeah. inspected this apparatus. That yeah, we're yeah exactly. Off of. And even though they tell they tell you they're like, oh, they're like, don't worry, it's a double uh, redundant system. Even if the first one fails, the second one's there. But it's like you look at this paracord, and it's literally like the 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 the, the diameter of this pen. They're like this could hold up a truck. I'm like, buddy, it looks like dental floss, man. So I'm trusting my life in like you know, and and that's the thing is, and it's kind of like stretchy. Mm-hmm. So like you'll fall, and you'll like, and you're oh. dangling down, looking down at the ground, and you feel like the rope like kind of like like bunging a little bit, and you're just like, oh my god, dude, you just it, it just every time it just feels like my life is in the hands of, or you know, is being supported by this paracord rope. And this carabiner, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's all that's saving me from like plummeting to my death. And that's something that, that you never really fully get over and get used to. But again, it's almost like, you know, the challenge is all about just facing your fears. You know, and, yeah. And, and and they purposely find different eliminations and different challenges that play into people's phobias. Oh. Buried alive, right? Uh, submerging you underwater. What's your phobia? The heights. I hate heights. Puzzles aren't a phobia; those are just a inability of mine. <laughs> eating and eating and heights are the two things. Heights, I'm just terrified of. Uh, the eating is more of just it's. I mean, I just I just hate eating disgusting shit. Well, yeah, I mean, duh, right? Like, yeah, like who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I like to think that um, even though I do have these fears and I'm not great at it, it, I do like to think that I at least have the ability to kind of sort of block it out. Sure. Well, you obviously just kind of. Yeah. Have you had any really close calls at all? Um. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I can. Not that I can remember. I haven't had any really close calls. Actually, this last challenge that we did, there was a the, the the final challenge that we were supposed to do in Argentina before the final, the final team challenge, was supposed to be very like stunt oriented, where there was a helicopter involved, and um, we were supposed to be in the helicopter flying over a lake, either jumping out of it or climbing in or whatever. The morning of the challenge. Right. We're all ready. We're all in our uniforms or at the restaurant ready to or the, you know, the hotel restaurant ready, ready to ship out. And they're like, hey, you guys, your challenge is canceled for the day. And I'm like, something happened. Mm-hmm. They don't just postpone challenges for nothing. Come to find out that while they were testing the challenge, the helicopter crashed. The wow. pilot and the co-pilot both died. Oh, my gosh. The helicopter like sank to the bottom of this lake in Argentina. And it was in the news like immediately. And and they let us call our they, – they never let us call home. They let us call our parents and basically be like, if you, if it's in the news, you hear about this reality – this MTV show in Argentina, yeah. we're still alive. Right. But it was just crazy to think. It was like, dude, we could have been – I mean that could have been one of us on that helicopter. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's obviously no fault of production because they, they hired a Argentinian-based based crew, you know? And it's just one of those freak accidents where it's just like, man, you, you know, if you, you put yourself out there and you, you risk, you know, you, you tempt the hand of fate enough times, 
it ends up catching up with you, you know? Um, so, but I mean, again, I think, you know, wrestling's the same way, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was just, I was just watching recently that uh, another dude, what, hurt his neck really bad or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And almost, and there's, yeah. been, and there's been guys yeah, that's like, no matter how much you practice that, who was the guy? Was it Owens? That Owen, fell off? Owen Hart. Yeah. Owen Hart, dude. Yeah. That fell. When, that's what I was thinking of when you mentioned, you know, the thing being the circumference of this pen that's holding you up. Yeah. You know, if it, if it breaks, it breaks. Yeah. It yep. wasn't supposed to break. Well, yeah. it did. It did. You know? It did. Yeah. You mentioned wrestling, and earlier you mentioned The Miz. Did you ever do a show with, with Miz at I all? I never got a chance to do a show with him. Because he did quite a few as oh, well, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is before I did the challenges, there was, there was a few guys when I was in, in college that I – you know, obviously, I like, kind of like idolized, and I was like, dude, I, I would love to like do a show with this guy. The Miz was one of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. And why is that? Just because, I mean, he was, he was, I mean, he, I feel like, and I mean, obviously, like, what he's doing today, he kind of, in a way, like, even though he was on the challenge, he's competing with everyone, he always had that, like, he kind of transcended the show mm-hmm. in a little bit. And there are certain cast members who are on the show who you can tell are bigger than the, that are bigger than the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like they're kind of destined for 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 they they've got a bright future and they're destined for bigger things. And he was one of those guys. And what's funny is my ex-girlfriend um when she lived in Hollywood and uh lived in the same building as him. Mm-hmm. First time I met him, she'd always be like, "Oh yeah, you know it's so fun when we first started dating." She said, "Yeah, you're on the that show the real world. You know, the Miz lives here." I'm like, "Dude, I've always wanted to meet that guy man <laughs> so we get back we go to a bar one night we get back and he had just gotten a pink dot delivery and it was like booze or something and i went up to him and i was like yo man you know i've always wanted to meet you bro it's great you know it's it's just you know it's good to be part of the same family as you and he goes yeah thanks buddy and kind of like big league me <laughs> and i was like what a fucking dick and then about five steps later he goes she goes my my, my chauffeur goes Oh, oh, Mike, you met Johnny Bananas. He goes, whoa, wait, wait, that was Bananas? And he comes running back over. He goes, holy shit, man, I didn't know it was you. We ended up going up to his apartment, playing beer pong the rest of the night. You know, I think me and him, I think, no, actually, we played against each other. And mm. I just just owning this beer pong table, dude. And he was so mad. He's like, dude, he's like, yeah, this is my table, man. You're on it. But it was like, and ever since then, like, you know, yeah. we always, he came to my 30th birthday party in New York. Um well, that's cool. So, yeah. you, it, it, so there is some like kindred spirit between oh, there, some dude. companionship and some camaraderie. The thing is with these challenges, dude, is even though there are, there are a, 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 there's a very large, um, I mean, relatively large amount of people who have done these shows. It's an experience that unless you've mm-hmm. experienced it, right, no one else can relate, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's I, a great point. And I've tried. I've, I mean, I've tried to you know tell my my girlfriend about it, my family about it. I get back and I'm just like. And, no matter how much you explain it to them, there's no re- – there's no the, – you don't have the ability to like really recreate sure. that environment. I totally get it, yeah. Because what a lot of people don't realize is what you see on television, we're partying, man. We're drinking. We're having a great time. Yeah, there's some fighting, but then there's a hooking up. And it it comes through and it comes across as, as if we are just having the time of our lives. Well – that's one percent yeah. of what you of what actually takes place. The majority of it is just trying to survive mentally in this house because they make the environment complete isolation. Right on the outside, it looks great, but what? But 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 what they do, and and it's it's part of the challenge. It's a mind game, and it's they try and break you mentally by completely isolating you from reality. For how long are you there? Eight weeks. Okay. And not just reality, but they don't want you to have any outlets within the house that you would be allowed any mental escape. So they take away people like, oh, you don't have a TV. TV. We don't have books. We don't have magazines. We don't have newspapers. We don't have – we get one phone call, one 10-minute phone call twice a week home that's monitored. 
Dude. And if we say and if we say anything about the location we're at, the environment we're at, who's in the house, the game, calls cut. Because, you know, obviously they don't want stuff to leak out, but at the same time it's like, yo, I need to like and that's why like it's just such a release to be able to talk to like someone back home. It's like I'll like call my girlfriend, my mom, whatever. I'll just be like, just talk to me about anything. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Pick yeah. up the newspaper and read me the business section. Like I just need to hear something other than this, you know? And then on top of that, it's like, you know, with the, you know, the, 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 the food that we eat is very regimented. So there's like, you know, we get the catered meals, but they're only three times a day. They're at specific times. So if you miss the meals, then it's like, you're kind of screwed and you're stuck eating like, you know, cold cuts and eggs, you know? So it's like, and, and all this compounded with the fact that you're playing a very intense mental. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot riding on it. Um, there's a lot on the line, and and after a while, that's why a lot of people do break mentally mm-hmm. because, you know, ha- after a while, it's like it, you're just the human mind just isn't meant sure to be yeah subjected to that for that. Period it's of just time. like you mentioned standing on a log yeah. all night. Like how how do you, it's almost like being tortured or it something. Is. You have to just kind of lose yourself. Well, the the uh, the producer, um, the executive producer, uh, who kind of he was the one that kind of brought that into the fray. He was an ex Navy. Uh, you know, special forces. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the one that brought a lot of that aspect. Like he took things directly from the military, things that they did in boot camp, things that they did. There was this other challenge that there was, was an elimination actually they had to do where, and it's, it's literally straight out of like the special forces uh, training thing. What they did was they bound your ankles and then they made you hold a 10 pound weight behind your back. Okay. Then you had to jump into a 10 foot pool of water. And what you had to do was breathe all your air out so you'd sink. When you hit the bottom then, you'd have to cat- push yourself up, catapult yourself up so you could hit the water to catch another breath. Gosh. And you basically just had to bounce. And, I mean, obviously, they, you know, the people who did this only lasted, I don't know, three, four minutes. Special Forces, they do it for an hour, you know. I mean, these guys will do this for hours. Right. But it was taken directly from that, bo- that book. Mm-hmm. And what that's supposed to simulate, it's supposed to simulate drowning. You know, your feet are bound. You know, you're holding this weight because so you sure. don't have arms or legs and the only way to, to, to keep from suffocating is to keep bouncing yourself up and down in the water. Again, the sleep deprivation was something that that that, that yeah. he introduced to the show, which is now a mainstay in the show. Now it's like, oh, we're going to – And that's crazy too. Oh, dude, you start seeing things. What starts and... happening – yeah, what starts happening to you after, you know, 9, 10, 11 hours of no sleep, especially after something really like physically demanding – your mind just starts going crazy places. You start seeing stuff like we were sitting on, and I'm starting like seeing like I thought there were bats in the corners of my eyes, but it's just like these like crazy like tracers, you know. Um, so yeah, so it really does it, it, it tests you on a lot of levels, and that's why a lot of people you know come in. It's why a lot of like the, the the newer guys just have such a hard time with it because you know, especially the ones off this already the one show. I mean, they, they came off a dating show where the right. point of the show was to you know get drunk and hook up. Yeah. Now it's like. <laughs> so there's a little more than that, dude. And a lot of them, it just takes them by surprise when the game actually starts and that, you know, the pressure and, sure. and that, you know. But that's one of the reasons why I'm sure they keep having you come back and want you to continue because now you've got experience in mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. which you cannot teach. You can't. So do you, will you continue to do do the shows? For the no? time being, for yeah. the time being, I, I, after this, when the final first ended, and this always happens, you really do have this, like, this period of, like, reflection where you come back and you've just been in such a miserable, you know, it's such a miserable time. I hate to try and compare it to like the battlefield, but I think that PTSD is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
while I don't know what it's like to be in combat and to see, you know, to, to be losing like, you know, my friends' lives and to see like the stuff they have to see, the mental impact that that has on you, it really does have lingering effects that, that, that you bring home with you. And I've always said, when I get home from one of these challenges, like I literally, I'll go to my room and I'll draw the blinds for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I just, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to know I'm home because I'm not ready to rejoin society yet. Right. <laughs> I'm not ready to like pretend like everything. It, like it takes me a while to get out of to it, to get out, to, to yeah. really come back to reality and, and not have to be looking over my shoulder. Like, Oh, where's production at? Or not have to ask to go to the bathroom and not have to fucking, I'll go take a shower and I'll reach in my shirt to take my microphone off. <laughs> and it's like, it's not even there. I'll do that for like a week. It's after. like you're out of jail. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So when I get home, I always have this period of like, you know, reflection where I'm like, you know what? That was too much, dude. I'm not doing this again. Especially with the way this one ended. Like, it was just such a friggin' just... Draining, just mentally draining. Draining. Yeah. But, like, the ending was just so just just gnarly and the way it ended. And, and I'm thinking, I'm just like, how am I ever going to top this? You know what I mean? The, from from here on out, there's only going to be, like, lateral moves from here. <laughs> yeah. There's only down This is here. the peak, right? But um, the challenge is, like, a part of me, dude. And it's it's almost like, I'm sure, like it is with you in wrestling. It's like, it's just one of these things where you've probably spent so much time and you, and you really do, you know, in, in a way that's, that it's, it's grown to be part mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. The last decade of my life I've spent yeah. on the challenges doing reality TV. So it's like, so it's like, I really do feel like it's, you know, grown to be a part of me, but I really do. I'm not obviously announcing my retirement. I'm not going to say I'm never going to do a challenge again, but I really do think that it's the time for me to kind of branch off do my own thing is is rapidly approaching mm-hmm. and my goal and my dream obviously would be to take the fans that i have left after you know <laughs> splat twins. take the fans that i have um the notoriety that i've gained and spin off and kind of like you know do my own thing mm-hmm. kind of branch mm-hmm. out and start off and, and do my own thing so well, you're smart because you have like you mentioned the miz and the, the guy i still remember from the first real world was puck mm-hmm. the, the nicknames and the johnny bananas it's yeah. a brand name yeah. it's, automatically i was like oh i like this guy because your name where did you get the name johnny bananas <laughs> it's actually not I wish I had a better story. I have, I've always told people that in the okay, when I first came on the world, this was the dilemma that I had. I always knew I was like, because that, that was what I, you know, I gotten that 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 nickname when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old from a buddy of mine in New York. When I went on the real world, I was like, all right, I want this to become a household name. Yeah. Right? But I'm going to need a good story as to how it came <laughs> up. Right? So obviously being the 21 year old idiot that I was, I'm like, all right, I'm going to come up with this, this crazy story where... You know, I was I was at a party and and I drank too much whiskey and the hydraulics stopped working and I was with a chick and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So you know, my only implement of destruction I could find was a banana. <laughs> the hydraulics. <laughs> so okay. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is this is funny, you yeah. know, from like a from like a college frat yeah, yeah, boy for a real perspective. World oh, yeah, that. man, I'm like, oh, this is the greatest story ever. I'm gonna. <laughs> Couple years go by, and I start rethinking. I'm just like, you know what? Is that the is that the image that I want? You know, is this really? I'm like, not so much, dude. So I, uh, you know, obviously, you know, stopped that narrative. Basically, where the nickname came from, it's a much more anticlimactic uh, <laughs> story. But my best friend John in New York, who actually gave me the nickname Johnny Bananas, we worked at the same mall in in New York uh, called Roosevelt Field, um, and in, within our circle of friends, there was three Johns. Um, there was another buddy of ours who who was blonde, so we called him Johnny Blonde, and then I, then there was me and him. So 
Uh, I worked at Banana Republic. Okay. <laughs> so that's that spawned the nickname <laughs> Johnny Bananas because when we all met, that's where I was working. So Johnny Bananas actually came from the fact that I worked at Banana Republic. And go. it just worked with, you know, who I was at that period of my life. I was a, I was a maniac, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, dude, I went on the real world and it was just like – it was the, it was the perfect place for me to go, dude, because – Throughout my entire life, I always was. I, I was never a bad kid. I was just always like misunderstood mm. when I, I like to think about it. I just always – I always said like the, like Morgan Freeman said in Shawshank Redemption. He goes, you know, some bird's wings are just too colorful to be put in a cage. <laughs> and I always felt like that about myself. Like I always just felt like, dude, I'm destined for different things. Like when I was in college, I'm like – do I really want to like come out of college and get a nine to five job and sit in a cubicle and join corporate America? And it just, that just never sat right with mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like, you know, the, me going on the real world and me being able to go on and showcase my personality and who I was and actually like get notoriety for mm-hmm. it um, and be judged, but all, but, 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 you know, but in a way where it's like, all right, you know, where I could actually, I've learned a lot about myself from 10 mm-hmm. years in television. I really have, dude. And I really owe who I am today and who I've become, good and bad, to this rare ability to like actually see myself from this perspective that most people don't get to see themselves from. Mm-hmm. Most people, it's like they know how they see themselves and then there's the way other people see them. Right. It's very rare that you get this like third eye where it's like you yeah. get to see yourself from a perspective. from. From that that other perspective, and yeah. you get to watch and be like, "Wow, dude, I say dude too much," <laughs> or or you know, I'm an asshole. I don't want to sound right, like that. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? I probably this whole male chauvinist thing isn't cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Um, it was when I was a kid, hmm. but it's not anymore. You know, and it's like that's you've, you've grown up. On the on show, television. on television. It's almost yeah. like the Truman Show. Yeah. Like I've literally wa- watched myself grow up on television and I've been able to kind of like tweak my, my who I am over the years where it's like I see what I like about myself mm-hmm. and I keep that stuff. But then I'll see what I don't like about myself and I can throw Get it out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Last question. You never answered. Uh, what did your mom think about uh, about your decision? She loved it, man. <laughs> my mom – my mom – was literally told me right out of the gate. She's like, she's like, you know what? She's like, this is, it's something that you had to do. Okay. As, as vilified as you're going to be for doing it, this is going to be your defining moment. This is going to be your legacy. This is what people are going to remember when they think about you, Mm -hmm. you know? And she's, and, and she was the one that told me, don't apologize. She said, do not apologize for, for, for doing what you did. You have put in, 10 years, 10, 10 years. She's like me and your father, when you first got out, out of college, all right, when you first got out of college and you said you were going on reality television, we we, did, we obviously didn't support it. We were mm-hmm. like, really? We just spent, you know, how tens of thousands of dollars getting you an education <laughs> for what? For you to go on reality television? She was, but over the years, we know the sacrifices and we know the amount of time and energy and we know, you know, the mental, uh, the turmoil that you've had to endure from doing this. She goes, you've earned Mm-hmm. you've earned it, you know? And she goes, this is your opportunity to finally, you know, take this payday that, 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 um, has been elusive and get that win and get that defining moment. And at the same time, 
exact revenge on someone who did <laughs> yeah, the exact same right, thing yeah. to you. Who messed you with know? her boy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And that, yo, my mom's super overprotective. <laughs> as I'm sure Sarah's mom is as well. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. The thing is, I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to hate on her like she's been doing on me on social media. Like she's been talking so much shit and accusing me of taking performance enhancing drugs and saying just all this just just gnarly unfounded just just shit about me and the way that i see that is that's just you know she's just being a sore loser Mm -hmm. dude and she's just crying over spilled milk and it's like you'd think if anyone with what she did to me and with the way that i reacted to that could have kind of taken the higher road and been the bigger person in this in this instance you'd think it would have been her yeah but I think, I mean, in my opinion, the way that she's the way that she's acted after this, and the way that she's kind of with the reunion show and everything she's saying, it's just like I think she really has, well, you know, taken this. You you made well, the right decision. You won the game, and yeah. uh, and that's the way it is. So, yeah. giant bananas. Let's go eat some uh, dead bugs and some fermented. Let's do fish. it, man. Let's go watch. Let's go watch guys wrestle in their, <laughs> yeah, in their come spandex. On. Come to Rotom night, man. I'm coming, bro. I'm coming, man. I'll be there. <laughs> thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks again for Johnny Bananas from MTV. Great conversation about what it's been like to see him compete on all those MTV reality competition shows. What it was like to uh, screw over his partner, Sarah, on MTV Challenge. I thought it was a brilliant move, and I agree with him. I think Sarah would have done the same thing to him if he hadn't taken the bull by the horns. Sometimes you just got to take the bull by the horns, right? Okay? You got to take the beast by the horns, all right? You know right now uh, that Johnny Bananas has also got something up his sleeve when it comes to what he does next. We'll be watching. Thank you to Johnny for being here. And don't forget, we're going to thank someone else for being here on March 15, 2017. It's going to be the biggest podcast ever. When Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho, the countdown has begun. 202 days left until the biggest podcast ever. Yeah, changing up that voice, keeping it real, keeping it fresh, and keeping it fit, just like I did with DDP Yoga. I want to thank you guys for supporting DDP Yoga and all the great Talk is Jericho sponsors. Remember, when you go to ddpyoga.com, you get 20% off the DDP Yoga program, plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Thanks to DraftKings.com. Use my promo code Y2J to play for free with your first deposit. Thanks to Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, Beer, Sports, Wings, what more do you need? True Car, the fastest, uh, best way to buy a new car, a used car. And of course, a big thanks to Amazon. They've been the, with this podcast since the first episode. Easiest way to support Talk is Jericho. Just use my Amazon links anytime you do any online shopping. All them Amazon links are here at podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for the USA, the UK, the Canada. Every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to the show to help us cover production costs. You can buy anything you you can think of on Amazon. Just use them Amazon links. Be an Amazon uh, Talk is Jericho Amazon warrior. Take a picture of what you buy. Uh, tweet it on at Talk is Jericho on the Twitter. I will retweet you and follow you, and that's a true thing. Use them Amazon links, no extra fees, no hidden charges. Just go to podcast1.com, click on the killer deal button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You got it? Get it? Good. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Keep listening for the 60 second AP News headlines coming up next. And uh, next Friday, we got the return of Michael Sweet from Striper. He's talking about his new solo record, One Sided War. He's talking about the 30th anniversary to Hell with the Devil Striper tour that's going to be going out there. I love Striper. Michael Sweet is a great guy. He's got some hilarious rock and roll stories. Uh, and, uh, very, very cool. We're going to see you on Friday for that. And in the meantime, and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Talk is Jericho with a big yeah boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 